0: Welcome back to The Clap Podcast. Will and I discuss the artistry of Donald Glover, known in the music industry as Charles Gambino. This follows the release of his newest project, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, available on Amazon Prime. We will discuss the course of Glover's rise in TV, music and film, and give our opinions on his latest show. Keep listening for more.
1: Hello, and welcome back to a special episode of The Clap Podcast. Where we will be talking about Donald Glover, also known as Childish Gambino. Yes, we will go through his life, his filmography, his music career.
0: I mean, he's been
1: he's been across all yes.
0: forms of entertainment. Very influential in um, <laughs> across media in general. He's um, one of those people that seems like he's very good at everything he does, and it's kind of annoying to the sake where it's like, do something wrong. I I, I know what you mean. He's been in some remarkable films. He's had
1: some. Insanely good music, yeah. Um, and his his story is fascinating. Yeah, and we've done a lot of research, and we think it'd be great to talk about this in relation to his brand new TV show on Amazon Prime called Mister and Mrs. Smith. Yep, which we've both watched. We were going to get into our thoughts on it later in the episode, but he is still working really hard. He also had some directing and writing credits on Mister and Mrs. Smith, yep. so he's still also pursuing that avenue as well as acting. Yep. But we'll give you our thoughts on that later in the episode. But let's let's talk about Childish gambina. Oh,
0: yeah. I think before we jump into it, I think this might be a segment that we that might do more regularly. We, um, we'll pick an artist or creator um, involved in film or television and we'll run through their life, how they got into the creative field, um, and then talk about their cinema, cinematography and more, that, all that type of stuff. Um, yes. So, yeah, we're starting off just with uh, Donald Glover, obviously, because uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith has released fairly recently. We've both watched it, thought it was a good show, um, but we'll tell our thoughts about that later on. Um, so, I guess I'll just start off with some, some basic information. So, his full name is Donald McKinley Glover Jr., um, and his stage name as a rapper is Charles Gambino. Um, he's got... Quite um, some claims on him. So he's an American actor, comedian, singer, rapper, writer, director, and producer. Wow, I feel like I'm doing nothing. Yes. So he's <laughs> just co
1: host of a podcast. Yeah, nearly, <laughs>
0: nearly ran out of uh, breath for that one there. Um, So he's currently 40, born uh, 1983. He was actually born in Edwards Air Force Base in California. Wow. Um, But raised in uh, Georgia. Um, and he was actually raised, uh, Jehovah's Witness, which if you've watched the show community, yes, he actually portrays, yeah. uh, Jehovah's Witness as well, which, right. um, is very interesting. He has, uh, a brother, Stephen, um, who also is a writer and producer who collaborates with him a fair bit. He collaborates on some, uh, projects, including Atlanta. I think he worked a little bit on Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I'm not entirely sure. I have okay. to check my notes on that one as well. Um, yeah. So he went to DeKalb School of the Arts. Um, and funnily enough, he was there um, in his high school yearbook. He was rated most likely to write for The Simpsons. I, s- I see that now. I yeah. see that now. Yeah. So um, obviously, he was a creative uh, very early on in his life um, and already, uh, you know, being acclaimed for his potential. Mm. Um, and funnily enough, how he was recognized is he did write a script for The Simpsons and he um, sent it through to. Uh, David Minder, Minder sorry, um, and David Miner was the ex- executive producer of Thirty Rock. He's also done some shows, which um, it might be more recognisable. He did Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine Nine, yes. Masters of None, and the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, big, um, big, big sitcoms and TV yeah, shows. There, big, big names. Uh, but I, I think I rushed a bit too far forward there. So uh, Glover obviously graduated New York University um, Tisch School of Arts. Um, with a degree in dramatic writing. So I think that's how we see him writing a lot for the the work that he does. Um, I think that could also come up a lot in his music. He's a very good writer in his music, if anyone's listened to it. Um, Very good storyteller throughout his music. Um, And this is actually where he also started making some of his music. So he self-produced an independent mixtape called The Younger I Get, um, which remains unreleased. I'm not sure if he's a huge fan um, of that original uh, project. He also went by the moniker DJ which I think is slightly worse than Charles Gambito. <laughs> yeah, um, I would agree with you on that. But yeah, so he started writing uh, for, for 30 Rock. Um, Tina Fey, if anyone knows who Tina Fey is, she was the teacher in Mean Girls, just to put yeah. a face to it. Um, but she uh, has been involved in a lot of um, TV in general. Um, so the the show Thirty Rock had some very big names in it as well. So it starred Tina Fey, um, alongside Alec Baldwin, which I think is a massive name. I didn't actually realise he was in the in the show. Um Tina Fey is also in Mega Mind and Soul, just to, so you can put a voice to her as well. Yeah. Uh, so she does some voice acting roles. But um he was already acclaimed for his writing potential and picked up by the the studio NBC. Um he would occasionally appear on the show as well. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't watched 30 Rock to see what he did there. I don't know if he was just like a background character or anything like that. Um, but in 2008, the writers of the show were actually presented with the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Comedy Series. So wow. um, that's that's already huge acclaim, Um yeah. for, for what he was doing. Um, but yeah, do you, have, do you have any opinions about that? I
1: mean, obviously well-deserved, but it's clear that he, his passion was really in writing and, and the work that he did with that um it also just shows you that reaching out sending your work to people in the industry is a really powerful tool that, yes that filmmakers and or aspiring filmmakers and writers uh should look at donald glover's story for that reason that he produced some amazing work believed in it and sent it to people who can do something with it and even if they didn't use it for necessarily that project it's seeing the potential through someone's writing or through someone's work yeah and and Believing in them, and I think Don Glover's story is a real testament to that. Um, and and you know, working with Tina Fey and and working with producers like Minor, clearly they they see the the importance of incredible writing. And I say only say that now because we're we're going into an age where AI is being used for yeah. more and more and yeah. things like that. And I think as we're we're probably going to talk about Mister and Mrs. Smith later, the importance of really personable interesting writing that um can develop complex characters and emotional layers and storytelling in general is powerful and can elevate any production and i think that's exactly what childish gambino brings to all his work where he you you believe his dialogue the moments have genuine heart and i can't wait to see how he continues um, with his career, yeah,
0: I think um, one of the interesting things, um, in particular, is that it was a comedy writing that a lot of the stuff he w- was doing it was. And if you've seen a lot of his projects that he's done later on, there's kind of like a surreal comedy to it. There is. It's, I think it's that sort of um Jordan Peele esque type thing where you can kind of mix in these these elements of really shocking and wicked ideas, um, but then try and make it funny to some certain extent. Yeah. Um, and even in his writing and some of his music, he has some some lines that may not fly. Uh, in the present day, that I think in hindsight they're, they're pretty funny and creative for what he's saying in the time.
1: And I think there's a lot of scenes that even if people haven't seen some, if
0: not much of his work, yeah,
1: there are certain scenes that people know about because they're they're great by themselves. I mean, even when he orders the the happy meal,
0: the happy meal in Atlanta, in Atlanta I think that's season I one.
1: Mean, I know people who've spoken to me about that who no. haven't even seen Atlanta, yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm one of them, yeah. But that scene by itself stands up, and it has this. This pacing and comedic elements, while also you're going, why can't he just order a king burger? Yeah, that is a happy meal. Like why? Why is this a problem?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll touch on the Lancer a little bit later on. I do have uh, a lot to say about that sort of wicked comedy. Um, but we'll progress a little bit more till we get to the part where he's very much directing and writing. I think one of the major things that happened for Glover, of course, was um playing Troy Barnes in Community. Um, a very I'm gonna say famous, but somewhat niche to the same extent. I think that's
1: what a lot of people were known for now because that that TV show has found a completely new life on streaming. Yes, yeah, people revamped. are revisiting it yes. a lot.
0: Yeah. Um. So that that was actually created by uh, Dan Harmon. I yes. believe it is. So if anyone might recognise that name, he's obviously one of the creators of Rick and Morty. Very popular. TV show as well massive comedy writer um yeah. and yeah it does definitely have that sort of comedy to it as well if you do enjoy Rick and Morty I'd recommend community it's not quite as nihilistic perhaps but um certainly funny and uh Glover in it is fantastic he's hilarious he um I've had a lot of conversations with people who are fans of the show and say he carries it um through until he leaves um but yeah so that's that's uh
1: I would be someone who believes that as well by the way yes I, I am I love community to a point. Yeah, and that's that's really how I feel about it, and I think a lot of that comes down to Troy Barnes' character just works within the the tone of that film perfectly.
0: Yeah, so he did some he did some big things um, during this time as well. So just before he started Community, he was part of the um, a Derek Comedy, which was a sketch comedy group, um, and they actually did release a feature length film called Mystery Team, um, and it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in two thousand and nine. I can't say I've seen it, can't say I've heard too much about it. I've
1: heard about this. Yeah, um I, I just, just
0: thought it was an interesting fact to throw in there that this comedy group that he was a part of actually did release a film um just as he was starting um working with or working at community the the show of course. Um but yeah, some big things happened to Glover during the filming of Community and one of the really interesting ones that is still very much relevant today is that when they were casting the new actor for the amazing the amazing Spider-Man film, sorry. Um, a fan suggested Glover for the role. Um, wow. At the role of Peter Parker, of course, not for Miles Morales. But what is said to have happened, and to the extent that this is true or not, um, is that Miles Morales was, in in a way, designed based off Glover. So Glover appeared in an episode of Community Wearing, I think it was, Spider-Man pyjamas. Spider-Man pyjamas, yeah, yes. And, the- and
1: they actually cameo that in into the Spider-Verse. Yes, I was
0: going to say that. So um, Brian Michelle Bendis, I think, is the creator of Miles Morales, the character. He said he was just inspired, at least in looks, by Glover. Um, and then, yeah, there's been some... He's been reappearing in Spider-Man uh, franchises. He appeared... He voiced a Spider-Man character in the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series for starters, so that's that's big for him. And he was in three major films. I mean, he was in Into the Spider-Verse in a brief cameo. He didn't really appear, but yeah, but it was still massive. you know how hard was. I was the same in there. But
1: but in Into the Spider-Verse when um for those of you who haven't seen it because it's small, but when he when they go into um the Spider-Verse, <laughs> uh, no, but in um. In inter- I'm doing that into the Spider Verse, not the sequel. Okay. Where um, they have an episode of Community on the TV. Yes, yes, yes. And I it's right. actually the scene where Donald Glover is wearing the Spider Man pajamas and they have an animated version of, of Donald Glover in that. And that was a little nod by the film creators of the inspiration that Donald Glover brought yes. for the role. And then, of course,
0: in Across the Spider Verse, where he actually makes uh, an appearance as the Prowler. The Prowler. He's also in, of course, Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming. Um, he plays the, the uncle of who would be Miles Brown. It's not known as the prowler. I can't remember his name for the time. Yeah. But he actually, and in a, in a,
1: it's a post-credit scene or an ex, extended scene or something, you actually hear him because his head is, is stuck through the back of his car. No, I think it's when he's, when
0: Spider-Man's walking away, you can hear him say Miles. Can you
1: Miles can you come get me. Yeah. yeah. And I just think that's, it's amazing how one fan sort of, one fan choice casting yeah um led to obviously he has incredible talent but um led to sort of Donald Glover having this experience in the MCU where he had the potential to be a role they got sort of recast someone else yeah well i guess he never got cast but got cho- chosen someone else and they still
0: uh, acknowledge his absolute influence yeah, within think, the whole franchise i think it's actually one of those things that's like could you imagine saying to a certain extent a super is based on me like, I think that's just a huge uh, like testament to the influence that he had, even in um, I think it was two thousand ten or two thousand eleven or whenever, whenever it was. Like, that's massive. And I think if you if you haven't seen perhaps a lot of the content that he's creating, um, even if you don't listen to his music, the fact that one of the biggest animated films of this year and what was it two years ago for the original Spider Verse, um, that character in itself is at least in part inspired by Donald Glover. Like, that's huge. I it think is. that's, um. Just a massive testament to the influence that he had, and they're not hiding it. I no. mean, they're they're outright putting him in these
1: films to show his influence. Yeah. so it, it, it's a testament to the to the character that he is, and the man that he is. That he um has had this influence over the superhero for, uh universe, which is as we know completely within his own bubble at Disney and Warner Bros. and stuff. But he's still this this guy who started off writing comedy, has now had this influence on the yeah.
0: MCU. Yeah, um, so obviously he did a lot of stuff while he was still acting at Community. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but he actually did a stand-up showcase um, in 2010 oh, okay. for um, Comedy Central, I believe it was. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, mm. I, I did watch it. He looks very young in it um, compared to, to current day. But, um, I mean, it still demonstrates his, his work as a comedian as much as a writer. The fact that stand-up is such a different art form to... To the likes of writing scripts for like, TV Absolutely. or movies or anything like that. So the fact that he was doing a 30 minute stand up presentation is, in itself, like maybe it's not the, the best stand up of all time, but the fact that he was able to do it is still, I think, relatively impressive. Totally, totally. I mean, it, and it's so hard for these
1: stand up comedians to get a, a platform to showcase their material. Yeah, and for Donald Glover to to get an, an, a place where he can just share his jokes without the pressures of studio saying a character is going this direction or whatever it may be and he has the ability to just come up and say
0: i just want to say jokes and yeah. tell stories of his life is is really cool it's good um so we'll go back to the community because this is uh, around the time that he was leaving so um there was a couple of dramas at the community set um so Chevy chase was one of the major actors in it yeah um, and he left on slightly more I don't want to say disgrace terms, but the report is is that he um said a racial slur and was then asked to leave the show. Um this was slightly before uh Glover left the show, but there is some So similar to his character then. Yes, yeah. He <laughs> was method acting as some let's yeah. say. Um but yeah, no, I think that was that was one of a big loss for Community. As much as the character, I don't think many people actually enjoyed Chevy Chase's character all that much. It, 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 it wasn't my favourite. No, I think that was kind of the point of it, though, from my understanding, is that you were meant to kind of test this character a little bit. Yes. He, he had, like, some redeemable, redeemable um, characteristics, but all around, he he was kind of just a racist, misogynistic old coot. Yeah,
1: and I, I, it's always entertaining to watch these people navigate around conversations and, with yeah. him and, and the. That his place within the group, and that is part of the the atmosphere and the tone that is created by Dan Harmon. Yes, that, yeah. That, is, that plays a lot in the community aspect, because I feel like a lot of us know people who are, are a can, kind, can of, like kind that. of like that. Yeah, and I think it plays a lot, and that's seen the success of many sitcoms, including Friends and How I Met Your Mother, where... Yeah everyone has a distinct sort of character and we can all relate to knowing people who are like that. Yeah. And I think that's really cool how, don't get me wrong, Chevy Chase was clearly not a good person on set and, and did a whole bunch of things, but his character was, I don't want to say essential, but he was relevant within the context of the show. Yeah, I
0: think it definitely added to, to it early on. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say I was too, like, unhappy to see him leaving. Um, no, I, mean, even, I agree even with that. Even the season that... Because of this incident, I believe it was that he started to appear on less episodes or a very like little in each episode, like yeah, nearly he did. nearly just a cameo. Um, until I think he finally was um kicked from the show entirely at the start of season five. Right. Um but yeah, so what the, the report is, and to the to the extent this is true, I don't know. It's very hard to find articles that actually go through the entire story of it. Um, is that obviously Glover, being a African American, might have had issue with Chevy Chase and that might have caused some tension on set. Um but uh, Glover ended up leaving midway through, at the start of season five. Um, but what he claims is that he left just to pursue his own creative ideas. Yeah, um, and I mean,
1: I... he had a lot more to give than that show. Yeah,
0: that was that was one of the things he um, said. I can't remember what the exact quote was, but it was something like, "I want to be involved in projects that like benefit myself um, and like really work towards what I want to do." And I think community had served him well in his acting, but he wasn't getting that creativity that he had in other projects that we we see him doing. Um, one of the other suspicions of, for the reason that he left the show was to pursue his music career. Um, to the extent this is true, I'm not sure he was, his his capacity to produce music at the same time as work on shows and his acting. I think it's, he could have done it realistically if he wanted to be a rapper and an actor at the same time, he Yeah, had the capacity to it.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I love hearing some of the stories of him doing both. And I know we'll get onto this production later on in the episode, but with Solo, they said that he, he played, um. Is it, is it This Is America? Yes. That he played that on the speaker system in the set of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, really? That's to cool. the cast. And it's things like that where he's still producing music and getting feedback and things like that from other people um, whilst producing, I mean, as we'll get into, a, a large-scale large scale Star Wars film yeah. portraying one of the most beloved characters in, in
0: cinema. Yeah, so I, I'll go into his music just a little bit here. Um, so he actually had been releasing music as early as 2008, um, so he had some mixtapes um, called, first one was in 2009, I think it was. It was called Sick Boy. He had Point Dexter. He had I'm Just a Rapper and I'm Just a Rapper 2 in 2010. Bright names. Um, And then I can't actually, oh, Cold de sorry, the last one is. Um, But then he started to do his his major studio released albums. And this one will actually really interest you. He went to the composer of the music for Community, who is um, Ludwig, I'm going to butcher this last one, Goran. Goranson. On,
1: I, I do love Ludwig. He is one of the best composers in Hollywood. Yeah, alone.
0: so I've put a list of some of the things that he's worked on. Oh, um, He's a massive name when you consider the fact that he's working on albums for with Charles Gambino at the time, but some of the movies and TV shows. So he did Community, as I mentioned. He did New Girl, and he's still doing the Mandalorian soundtrack. The Ma- And that is iconic within Star Wars. Yeah. It? I mean, that, it's hard to compete with
1: John Williams, but that opening of The Mandalorian will be forever ingrained in the mindset. Yeah, of, I, I knew you'd like that
0: one. So some of the other recording artists he's worked with is these are some massive names. Adele, Alicia Keys, Rihanna, and Kendrick Lamar. Um, just to name a few. There was, there was a whole list. I couldn't put the whole thing in. Oh, of course not. Um, but those... even, even in the films. I mean, yes. may
1: I take over? You got it from Oppenheimer, here. Tenet, Black Panther, Creed, Turning Red. These are films known for their scores. And you can see from that list, he didn't, start off doing you know to do a score for christopher nolan yeah all people twice yeah. is as high as you can get within hollywood because it's safe to say nolan is known for his scores yeah and and that genuinely comes down to some of the artists he's worked with and ludwig absolutely falls into that i've said that i think the tenet soundtrack is incredible i mean even in the post credit uh sorry not the post credits but in the credits you have a song with um Travis Scott. Yeah. And tenet the the rhythm of the music with the the, the pacing of the film is per- perfect. Yeah. And Oppenheimer is sweeping. Yeah. at the Oscars with its score. Um we've seen Ludwig get up on stage multiple times to receive awards and he's only going to get more.
0: Yeah, so um he is massive and I think he's involved in I'm going to say for certainty the first two of um, Gambino's albums. I'm not sure about Awaken My Love, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was. So um, Glover released, or Charles Gambino at this point, released his first uh, album, Camp, in November of 2011. Um, it had the singles Bonfire and Heartbeat. I'm sure you've heard them. Some of them are blowing up on TikTok if you if you rock that. Yeah. Um, and the album debuted at number 11 and was very well received. I love this album. Um, I actually have these three albums that I'm going to mention um, all on vinyl. So I, I'm a massive fan of Charles Gambino's music. He's he's fantastic. Um, Camp is is one of those. Uh, as I said earlier, he's got some lines in it that show off like that sort of shock comedy that he has. Yes. Um, it's also very well composed by by Ludwig. Um, and fantastic performance by Glover. I don't think it was like hugely recognised as like one of the best rap albums for the year or anything no. like that. I think it's hard to compete when I think um Kendrick Lamar was releasing some absolutely like around breaking albums at the same time but certainly still respected in what he was doing
1: and i think it was it was a bit off the mainstream as well i think a little bit yeah a a little bit i'm not saying it's something completely different but there's there's not a lot of artists i would really say is in the same realm as childish game in terms of every album i feel like he does and every song you play on one of his albums
0: feels very distinct Yeah. yeah Feels like it's telling its own story as he comes yeah.
1: from from a person, a storytelling. Yeah, so nothing.
0: I I find that each of his albums are very different. Like I think the first two they're very much rap albums. Um, but even like they're just so different in in theme. So the the first one Kev, is um, uh it's very like much like a traditional rap. You say some outlandish stuff. You rap about girls. You rap about like partying and stuff like that. But then it still has some like very sincere parts of it. I think he exactly. one song. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. One of the first songs he, he's rapping about coming from a, a underprivileged community and like the difficulties of um, living in that community. It's a very good um, song. I, I can't remember it for the life of me right now. Um, but yeah, I think for that his his albums are all unique in their own regard. His second album is called Because of the Internet, released in October 2017. I love this album. Um, it debuted at number seven. It had singles three thousand and five, which I would hope most people have heard. It's a massive yeah, I song, definitely have. Um, and sweatpants as well, another massive song. Um, but yeah, th- that album is fantastic. Very different from Camp, is in. I feel like he was trying to tell more of like a linear story with it. Um, so he was talking about how the internet has influenced media, how it's influenced people, um, and then the end of it just gets existential, and I love it. Um, so my favorite song, if you want recommendations from me, the best song from Because of the Internet is Flight of the Navigator. That song is. And you will go to heaven. It's such a good song. Um, um, that's that's what I'm saying for you guys. His next album, I reckon, is probably his best album. Uh, I would agree, just just because it's the most unique, yeah, um, and it really showcases his singing ability more than any of his other albums. That's
1: why I really enjoy it. I think it's my most listened to of Donald oh, Glover's yeah, work. So
0: it's called um, "Awaken My Love," that released in 2016. It charted number five. Um, and it's a very different direction from the rap. It's actually considered soul music. Yeah. Um, and it had singles, me and your mama and "Redbone." I think his best song is me and your mama. Um, right. The song is brilliant. Everyone's heard "Redbone" as well. Uh, yeah. I was just, I think Redbone, "Redbone" is brilliant. It's, it's a really good album. I believe it's talking through, um, a, a love story and then going into divorce and, um, coping with a child in that divorce is from my, from my memory. I haven't listened to the album in completion for a little while but um very good album also showcasing his storytelling through music um and like the depth of what he can do with that um he did also release an album in 2020 it was untitled or the title is the date it was released i believed um it didn't receive as well just because it was untitled and untitled albums always difficult for people to enjoy um just because the songs don't have names (laughs) (laughs) yes that's that's not the issue like i don't want to be like oh i like 30 dot 20 dot yeah like I, i need to know the name of the song um but yeah, I think his music, he was doing this all at the same time as doing some massive work um, in his shows, and that's what we're going to be talking about predominantly from now on. Do you have any other notes you want to talk about with his music?
1: No, I, th- I think you've covered it. I, it. He is an incredible songwriter and an artist. Um, I've followed him more for his film and TV career, yeah. if I'm being honest, but there is absolutely songs like "Red Redbone, um, This Is America, um, and other albums that I just I think are, are fantastic but I, I think for me it's it's all about his filmography Yeah,
0: so I will touch on his music just like at the same time that he's working on projects but I won't mention and recommend songs for you guys anymore you can, you, I, can sh- uh, I can shut uh, up about Toby,
1: it we love your recommendations yeah so.
0: Um, so he begun Atlanta which is probably his biggest show I'm going to say I think it is I, I, I do
1: think it is and it's Again, like many TV shows, found a, a new life on streaming. Stream, it it really sure. has. People are revisiting the show, realizing the talent of of the the people involved.
0: Yeah, um, and it is it is a really brilliant show. I would one hundred percent recommend it. So it begun development in twenty thirteen. Um, it's an FX series. Um, and it was and it originally just announced as a ten episode season in two thousand and fifteen, and then premiered in twenty sixteen. Um, but it was immediately critically acclaimed. Um, so Glover, just showing off how how talented he is, he writes, directs on occasion, not every episode, but he directs a lot of them, um, and he's also the executive producer, and he stars. Sorry, too many ends in there. Um, but he is so involved in this production, and it is brilliant. So um, some of the accolades that it has won is, I'm going to have to take a breath here, Golden Globe Awards for Best Television Series, Musical or Comedy. He um, won Best Actor for Television Series, Musical or Comedy. Um, it won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Um, it won Outstanding Director for a Comedy Series. Um, which which made Glover the first Black man to win this Emmy. Um, in wow. history, which is which is fantastic. Um, so those are, those are his accolades for the show, which is ridiculously um outstanding for him. He's, he's done really well with it. If you do want to watch it, it is streaming on Hulu or Disney Plus, I believe.
1: Yep. And from what I can gather it's also available on SBS people want to watch it yes, for free it as well. Yes, it is on SBS. I, so um if people don't have uh Disney Plus or Hulu we can make a recommendation for a, a free way yes, of watching free it, SBS which is I SBS actually discovered
0: Atlanta through SBS. There was there you go. um the the FIFA World Cup and they were streaming on of SBS. Of course. Yes, um, and
1: they did a lot of promotion for Atlanta being one of their Yes, know, yes. So yeah.
0: I was I was watching <laughs> the FIFA World Cup at work and just, um yeah then I saw Atlanta was on it. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's Charles Gambino, I better watch this. So um, that's Absolutely. actually one of the, the ways that I got into a lot of his um, shows rather than just his music. Um, but yeah, so I think Atlanta is just a fantastic show. I'd 100% recommend watching it. Definitely, definitely. Um, it really demonstrates that that wicked comedy they were talking about. There's some of the earlier episodes, which I think are fantastic, is there's that scene that you talked about in the Maccas or whatever fast food it was, Yeah, um, which just shows off like this kind of funny, awkward situation that I feel like some people can actually understand it. like it's so I, bizarre that I, I like know. you need a be a child to get the, the kids uh, and i
1: think i think that's what donald glover does well is he he creates these scenarios that feel real yeah and even in something that's quite out there such as mr and mrs smith he creates these moments where you go this is this is relatable this is yeah. down to earth, but entertaining nonetheless even if it's a moment where it's just two people talking
0: i think it's the way that he writes um interactions between people where it's like i feel like a lot of shows they shy away from that kind of awkwardness where it's people are we're not all that smooth like yeah a yeah. lot of time like yeah we're just <laughs> we're just trying to like survive in any social circumstance and i think that's something with that really well um and it's also some of the reactions that he does yes in, in like two certain situations in atlanta especially there's some situations that he puts the characters in and it's just kind of like you would react in the same way where you're just kind of like w- what the fuck like, yeah it's the only way that i can describe it um, as compared to, like, I feel like some shows are just going to, like, really, you know, emotion, like, throw everything into it to try and make this, like, a really big deal. But, like, sometimes it's, like, a shooting and they're just kind of like, what's happening? Like, it's just so weird.
1: I, I actually agree. I think one of my favourite parts of his writing and his acting is is the reactions to to certain moments. And I think, I know we'll get onto it Mr. and Mrs. Smith, yeah. but I love whenever they have a strange encounter. Yeah. The conversations they have afterwards will make you laugh. Yeah. It is brilliant. Yeah. Where... It's just like anyone leaving a party, and for our listeners, you all do this, where you'll leave a party with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it may be, and you'll go, "Did you hear what so and so said?" And then you start talking about it, and you know, and it's sometimes it's the best part. It's just engaging people, being like, "That was a strange interaction." Yeah, de- de- deconstructing it, de- deconstructing moments, and even I love how some of it's also self-deprecating. Yeah. It's, did I actually just say that? Did I just do that? And he captures those moments that are, that are really realistic and personal and everyone does it differently some people don't talk about that stuff some people get quite anxious about it whatever it may be and he, all these characters have different reactions to certain moments yeah and that's what i love about it where it's never just they don't just take the piss out of someone they were just with but they do also talk about the, the things that they they said themselves or some of the actions they did and it's very funny
0: yeah i think um one of the, I'll recommend some episodes for people that might not want to watch the entire series, but experience like this sort of surreal comedy, even somewhat horror esque situations. Yep. Um, there's an episode in season two of Atlanta called Teddy Perkins. It is hilarious. It's very if you enjoy Get Out, if you enjoy John Peele, watch this episode. It's so funny. It's based around um, one of the main characters, Darius, going to get a free piano, um, and he just goes to like this mansion with this this very old famous artist who is insane and charles gambino actually plays the artist um he's another actor he plays another character sorry but for this one he he borderline does white face but it's it's funny because i don't know if it's meant to be like a rip of michael jackson type of look where it's like this you know very famous star it's just kind of crazy and creepy very funny episode that's what i'd recommend for anyone who wants to get into it um but also the, there's some big names in atlanta in general some massive actors um Just, just in general. So I think it's definitely uh, worth worth a watch. Sorry. Um, So we'll move on throughout Glover's career because I don't want to talk about Atlanta too much. Um, In April 2017, Times named Glover in its annual 100 most influential people in the world, which is achievement. What an achievement! Massive, and I think it's one of those things that's really interesting because. He might not be a name all that well known to a lot of. You're right to people, but to be in the hundred most influential people in the world in 2017, you'd think that you'd know at least half those names, right? You're right, and I, th- I think
1: it comes a lot. To, a lot it comes down to the fact that he's a major writer director. Some some of these people, you know, especially when you're watching not major studio films or major cinema releases, and even some musicians, where you're going by a stage name, Childish Gambino and stuff. Some people don't put Donald and yes, Childish yeah. Gambino together and things like that. And, you know, us who follow the industry quite closely, we do. But for for the general audience, they just enjoy the content they're, they're, they're listening to. Yep. And a lot of the influential and um, unique uh, entertainment coming out in the comedy sphere, you know, Donald Glover has worked with these people or he he's attached to the project. And it, it's amazing to see that time sort of acknowledge that and... and showed his influence through the media he
0: produces. Yeah. So um, some other notable things I'll try and run through is a little bit faster. i want going to talk about his music very briefly. 2017, uh, Glover said he would retire the name Charles Gambino. He didn't. <laughs> to put it plainly, um, he released his probably most famous song, This Is America, in 2018. Yeah, I think that's when I really... Yeah. noticed his his
1: appeal to the wide audience because everyone was talking yeah, about it that. Was, that,
0: that music video was huge yeah, so it was a debut number one hit talking about the music video that was directed by Hiro Mura I hope I said that right yeah um who he works with before so Hiro actually directed a lot of the um episodes for Atlanta and for Mr. and Mrs. Smith I pre- noticed that when I was watching yeah the hits, so that's, a great episode too. so it's big so the the director that he's obviously working with with a lot of his work that very famous uh music video was also directed by him, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, So at the same time he was doing solo, a Star Wars story, as you said, he played, uh, Lando Corizian. I probably butchered that. Uh, Thank you. Um, (laughs) as the podcast Star Wars fan. Yeah. So just, just to be kind of blatantly, the movie was not all that well received. Um, but Glover was actually praised for his performance. So I think that says that even in the worst stuff he does, he's the best.
1: Um, (laughs) I've got a few things to say about that. I am one of those people that think the issue with Solo is not in the execution, but it's in the decision to make a Solo prequel, right? I think what they gave us is a perfectly fun, enjoyable popcorn entertainment flick, seeing the origins of Han Solo. Yep. Okay. I think what the, well, it had two directors, but the one that ultimately took over, which was Ron Howard, who was a, a incredibly famous director, um... He he did, He managed to do a lot with it. I think. I think some of the performances. I mean, you have Woody Harrelson. You have Amelia Clark. Their characters are interesting, and I'd want to see more of them in the Star Wars universe. But I think the the whole negative press around Solo came from creative decisions, um, in regards to the directors who who fell out with the studio, but also just the idea of us needing a spinoff with yeah. Han Solo. But I think what they gave us was a perfectly enjoyable film. And I think Donald Glover's performance was not utilized enough. That's probably a main criticism yeah. of the film because he is fantastic as Lando Calrissian. Again, I think that the issue of the the project came down to we did need to see Lando Calrissian reimagined. We didn't need to see him as a as a you know a younger person. That is a real um, sort of trend within Hollywood now that we're even getting a lot of prequels this year yeah. coming out. But I I do have to say that I think Glover's performance was amazing in a film that was good. Yeah. It was good. It was fine. Yeah.
0: Um, talking about prequels though, it. really quickly is that, um, it's been told this, um, Glover will be working on a, another series for Lando Carizian. I can't say his name for the life of me. Yep. Um, Lando Carizian. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so it was originally meant to be a TV show, but it looks like it's going to be more likely a movie now. Um, they say it might be because of the writer's strikes, which is interesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of news about that just yet. I mean, Club has been exceptionally busy this uh, last year with acting um, and, and a lot of his work. Um, but I thought that was interesting news. Also, to backtrack to a Community, if anyone has watched the show and they know six seasons in a movie... There is a word that there is a movie being made, and um, he is set to return. Yeah, Dan Harmon has quoted that he thinks Glover will return for the, yes, the community movie. They, I think he,
1: apparently he he is interested in yeah, the project. The, so at least. the
0: only one who sounds like they're completely out of Chevy Chase, of course, um, and and that's
1: who could blame him. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, so I think another big work of Gambino or Glover, sorry, was he worked on Guava Island. Um, the film was actually written by his brother Stephen Glover um, and directed by Hiro Murai, who did the This um, Is American one. Um, it stars Glover as a musician. Um, he throws a festival in his hometown and it, it co starring Rihanna. Massive name. Um, it released in 2019 on Amazon, who we see him work with a lot for a lot of his current yes. shows. Um, one of the other massive things that happened in 2019, of course, was the live-action Lion King. Yeah. Um, Glover portrayed adult Simba. Um, it was directed by John Favreau. For- Favreau. Thank you. Um, known for Iron Man, he actually plays Happy. So if you want to put a face to it, I like to give the, the actor some time. Yeah, he does
1: play happy, and he was also in Chef
0: as well. Yes, yeah, of course. Um, it grossed 1.6 billion worldwide, so it's the ninth highest-grossing film of all time. One of the 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 major
1: successful um, remakes of the the animated classics. Yes. It, it, it the Lion King, whilst it had very mixed reviews, it was from a money point of view, and even from a visual. Um, Performance point yep. of it was successful. it was revolutionary and successful, yeah. Um, but it's very interesting to see how I don't think any of the re releases have captured the um the the, the uh, box office quite like The Lion King did, yeah. Um, but to be honest, I, I'm still one of those people that if you want to watch Lion King, watch The, the Lion King, the, 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 the original. King. I, I agree, um,
0: I only watched yeah. this one. <laughs> For Donald Glover, I, he's singing, so I was like, I them want to listen to this. I probably could have just listened to the album, but I love The Lion King. The original Lion King's fantastic. I didn't think it was terrible. No. It did fine. It's like, just... it's It, it doesn't capture the magic. It Yeah, it doesn't capture the amazing. magic. Um, but I think one of the really interesting things is the the director, John, um, allowed Glover to re-record his lines after his father's death, Um, because Glover said that it made him feel more emotionally attached to the script, which I think is really nice, Um, and, and yeah. probably added to, to his performance. Um, I think we'll move into his recent work. Of course. Yeah. So, um, he released a show, Swarm, last year, 2023. Um, it's a horror uh, TV show. Um, it follows a character called Dre, uh, a young woman who, whose obsession with a pop star takes a dark turn. That's basically the synopsis for it. I've started it. I haven't finished it. It is, it is very dark compared to a lot of his other work. As I said, like, there's kind of like that surreal horror in his other stuff. This one's graphic. Like it, it has some very dark yeah. themes to it. Um, I'd still recommend it. The first episode was very interesting, um, and I think it's meant to be kind of like a dig at like this obsession with pop stars. Very relevant with Taylor Swift going on right now. Um, I think this one was more based on like a big Beyonce type character. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that was a really uh, interesting one.
1: That was an Amazon production as well. Yes,
0: Amazon. Yeah. It, it was praised for its direction, cinematography, and soundtrack. I don't know too much about the story itself, um, but I'll, I'll watch it and get back to it. I think it's a it's an interesting one to look out for. His most recent work, however, which has done significantly better, let's say, be perhaps more known, is um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes, this is a show that we've both seen, um, and it's it's brand new. So, it's, so this is a, a relevant, uh, a new TV show available on streaming. It is available on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon Prime original series. As we've said before, it's um it's based off the story that we got in 2005 Mr. And Mrs. Smith starring Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Um, so to sum up sort of what it's about for those who maybe haven't seen the original or don't quite remember what it is. It's about two strangers who land jobs with a spy agency that offers them a life of espionage, wealth and travel. And the catch is that their new identities, um, they are new identities in an actual, um, Arranged marriage.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's slightly different in plot to the original one. That I, was what I was I going to say. I think the original Mister and Missus Smith. I haven't watched it in a good couple of years. It's still a fantastic movie. But I think it was that the the couple were both part of spy agencies, um, and they just happened to be uh, assigned to to kill each other. If I'm not right, yes. Um, and th- this one, it's a little bit more like they're, they're set up to work together. So a lot of the, it is. the early episodes about them being spies, essentially, together. I don't want to spoil too much for it because it's a, definitely a, a watch I would recommend It, it. is. Um, I would too. It's, it's been fairly well received as well um, for its work. And I've got some fun facts for you here as well. So this is from IMDb. They said John Smith's mother, or Charles Gambino's mother, is actually played by Donald Glover's mother. His actual mother, which is... um. Really interesting. She did a good performance as well. Great performance. Um, I really enjoyed
1: her character. Yeah, she
0: was really good. She was in the one episode, um, not like a massive part of it, but I'm uh, part of the story to some extent. Um, but yeah, performance for for her is it's good to see her in there. Yeah, um, this one was actually I find really interesting. Phoebe Waller Bridge oh. um, worked in production for about six months, and she was actually set to act as Mrs. Smith. I could see it. um but she exited the project due to creative differences people who don't know Phoebe Waller-Bridge or people that know the name but not what not what it's from she is well known for Fleabag which is yep. a brilliant show i would highly recommend watching and she's also in an up and coming if film
1: she is and she's worked with Donald Glover before in Solo so she has um been in some major productions and Fleabag I mean, people know her for that. She she deserves so many awards that she a
0: has. Brilliant TV show, well written, well directed as well. So I think it's one of those things where I would have loved to see them work together. It's like so close to like this love child of like perfection. But um, it is a shame to see her leave. I mean, creative differences. I hope it was like pleasantries, and it's just like they didn't see eye to eye on how they wanted the direction to I go. I see that for them. You and know, it's fine.
1: They, they're both they both have very distinct styles, and
0: I'm sure that it, it just came
1: down to the pro- the project was ultimately. Glovers to control and um, yeah Wall of Breach will go on to do other amazing things I'm sure
0: yes um, so some of the ratings it's 6.9 on INDB it's a little lower than I would give it myself it's lower than I would give it Um, but 89% on Rotten Tomatoes and 3.8 on Google reviews but I think from what
1: I from what I've seen, it's it's again the concept over the execution. It's the fact that people are like, Why would we not just watch the American woman Mi- doing Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 2005, starring Edgeley Jolly and Brad Pitt. Like, that has everything you possibly want in a story that isn't that complex,
0: yeah, right? I think they maybe it was the floor to attach the name to it. It's always easier to work on an existing IP. We, we, we've talked about that. Um, but yeah, I think it is one of those things that could have just been a standalone story. Change their names, have it Mr. and Mrs. White. Yes, yeah. like I think it's one of those things. Like if you would remove the IP, it nearly would have performed better because you do have like these original fans who are like, but stupid, was it? Why are they using this name? Like the story was fine. Like I agree with them. The story is fine stand alone. Fine. Yeah, but this is a, kind of a completely new story. So I think if you go in with like the idea that it's a new story that just happens to have the same IP, it works perfectly fine. I
1: would just like to go through some of the the cast and crew involved yeah, 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 in you... the production before we sort of give you our review of the of the TV show. Um, well, it stars. Maya Ernstine, who um, I'm, I'm, it might be Ernstine. I apologize, but she she plays Jane, so the 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 co lead with Donald Glover who plays John. So John and Jane Smith. Um, you also have Michaela Cole, John Turtur- Turturro, who was in the Batman. Yep. You also have Wagner Moura, and the series has been directed by some big names, including Karina Evans, Hiro Murai, who we said did come. Um, this is America. Is America yep. Amy Schmitz and Donald Glover. So you you can see that they've had quite a lot of people involved. But I would just like to mention that for those who are interested in mainstream sort of Hollywood projects, some of the support acts in this film, I'm just going to list off some names who I won't even need to mention when they've been in. Yeah. You've got Paul Dano, who I'm sorry, I'm going to mention what he's been in because he was actually the Riddler in the new Batman film and was incredible in that. Yes. You also have Alexander Skarsgård. You have Tarzan himself in it. You have Ron Perlman. You have John Churchuro, who I've mentioned. Isa Gonzalez, who obviously from Baby Driver Ambulance. And you have Sarah Paulson, who has been in some incredible films. And, uh, and, she, and she plays the um, therapist in a certain scene. Yeah. So you have an incredible support of people who are in it for not very long. No. But they... Um, delivered tremendous performances and clearly believe in this project. Yeah. Um. So
0: why don't we get into some of the positive elements of the film? Do you want to? Do you want to? The show, yeah. Of oh, the TV show, I apologize. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. Um, obviously, I'm a massive fan of Donald Glover. I got some bias. Um, in just his acting, especially. Um, but his creation in general, anything that he works on, um, but even then, it was an enjoyable watch. Um, I thought it was a unique take on the original story. I. As I said, I don't think it would have like mattered all that much if they just called it Mr. and Mrs. White and taken away the IP. Like it's it's a separate story. I think if you go into it with that mindset and you don't hold the, the original one so sort of sacred, it's an enjoyable enjoyable watch essentially. So I think um, in that sense, it's not revolutionary. I don't think it does anything amazing. I think it tells a fun story of a, uh, basically a romantic partnership, but also with spy stuff. But then also like meshes them in t- to show how people have conflicts. Um, and I think that's unique in what it does. Um, and it's also just a good watch. I think it's it's pretty mindless. I was watching it at night before I go to bed and stuff like that. Um, so all around, I'll say maybe eight claps would be my, my rating for it. Um, look, it could be a difficult one to rewatch. I'm hoping there's another season where it like continues to stay at this pace. And I think if it's you know a complete series where we'll get a finale that kind of explains the entire story, I'll enjoy it more. Um, but yeah, so now I'm, I'm comfortable with the eight clubs for it.
1: Yeah, I actually agree. I think the chemistry between Donald Glover and Mayor Erskine is really good. Yeah, I think that the two lead cast members did a fantastic job. Obviously, Donald Glover, but also Jane as well was really good in it. Yes. Uh, as I've said, the support actors, I thought the opening was really good with um, Alexander Skarsgård and Isaac Gonzalez. I thought the cinematography really impressed me. Yeah. The, the production values of it, especially episode three at the ski resort. Yes. Yeah. That really stood out to That was it. good. That was really well done. I thought the action sequence and then they used a lot of um, aerial shots. They were cool. But they also used the ski resort location very well. There were a lot of interesting elements to that. Um, I thought there were a lot of really good editing moments as well, especially the cross-cutting between moments for John and Jane. So the experience that Jane's having and John's having, and sometimes they're telling stories and they're sort of manipulating the truth a little bit because the truth comes a lot into the story. Yeah, They did very well at cross-cutting between the two. And um, you were very interested in what that person had to say about this person and that person had to say this this person. Um, So as I said, there's a genuine connection between the lead actors. Um, Really, really great dialogue as well. Where I'm interested in um what these characters have to say, I thought especially when like they're leaving the therapy session and they're joking about something the therapist would said yeah, and it just felt natural, it felt real, it felt like what a lot of relationships have that you know that I've seen and you know been in where you have these moments where you can laugh about something really stupid and they have those genuine moments um I thought that the main thing that worked for me was actually just the story in the context of a tv show yeah i think that was a major flaw in my opinion of the 2005 film where because they didn't have a lot of time they developed the relationship between the lead actors as essentially lust Mm. they both thought that they were attractive they loved each other for that reason like and i'm saying there was a lot more to it but because of time had to be like i love you you're hot you know, and that was sort of what it felt like. I'm not saying that's all it was, but it's what it felt like. Yeah. In this case, because there was a TV show, an 8 part TV show, they had the ability to really delve into a relationship. Yeah. And had time to spend um, with these characters. And so I thought that worked really well, that it's a really good translation to a TV show, and I thought that was a great decision by Amazon. Yeah. So... Ultimately, it felt a lot more genuine. It felt a lot more focused on the relationship between the two leads. And I'd give it a claps as well. I'd tell anyone who has Amazon Prime to go watch it. I don't think it's worth getting a subscription, no, to watch it. I think it's enjoyable. It doesn't offer anything new outside of a new take on the already existing story. But it does deliver a really interesting TV show that has a great formula to it in terms of a new mission sort of every episode and there's one that is told through a therapy session yeah and you sort of see flashbacks to the missions that they went on and I thought it was a great way of showing the development of their relationship so it offered something new every episode whilst keeping a really consistent formula yeah if you have Amazon Prime and you do enjoy the spy genre or even relationship dramas yeah if you like either of those you'll enjoy it yeah it's not perfect
0: no but it's good here's what I I would recommend if you have Amazon Watch it, obviously, but if you're going to get Amazon for the boys and you're waiting for the next season each week to come, binge watch it in between. It's definitely yes, worth a watch as well. It so is. You, you'll have it there available. Um, it's a bit lighter than the boys next season, I imagine, will be, but that's something that you can uh, plan out for when that comes through. Um, do you have
1: anything that maybe holds it back from being that 10?
0: Oh, I think it's I think it's limited in what it can do realistically. Yeah. I think the spy genre in itself, it's very hard to make a flawless spy film because there's only so many stories that you can tell where it's realistically interesting. Um the work holds it away from a ten for me right now is just that first and foremost, it's an incomplete story. It's I'm assuming they set it up for another season. Um if they are leaving it on the cliffhanger, it's still interesting, still like worth the watch, and I still think there's enough of an arc there to complete it and I would agree with yeah. that. Um there's nothing like it just it's not a genre that like hooks me in to the same extent that something that I'd rate a ten as. I, I feel like whenever I rate something a ten or something really high, like above a nine, realistically, I feel like it needs to to kind of produce something deeper than just the, the service level um that's being told. Um and as much as this one had like this sort of somewhat deeper connection with talking about like how we approach relationships, um and communication and stuff like that, it was still just a it just used the conversation through like the work of being a spy at the same time and that's it's not revolutionary i still thought it done done really really well and it was really interesting um but yeah i i can't imagine as compared to something like atlanta which has like a lot of deeper meanings to it and it talks a lot about um american society and and particularly society the society in atlanta um which i think is you know very important and done very well in that show as compared to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where it's just kind of like relationship spies, enjoyable. So therefore it's, it's just kind of capped by what it can achieve. I agree with that. I, I think for
1: me, what holds it back is it the story itself doesn't have the ability to go much further than it does. Yeah. It, it is restricted in terms of it's, you know, two people who are spies, who are forced into an arranged marriage and have to navigate a relationship while also going on difficult missions. There's only so much you can do with that, but what they do, I think, reaches the heights of what it can with the, in terms of story. I think there's a few issues I have with it that, again, they're not issues, but they're more minor things that I think in season two could be different, where I think it's quite predictable in parts. Yep. There are a few things I saw coming. Again, not a bad thing, but you, you could have surprised me more in certain yeah. parts, even if it's minor things like how a mission wraps up or something like that. There were times I think there was a few pacing issues where it felt like they were obviously it's a TV show, but sort of restricted in where they could go in terms of a mission yeah, or that they were trying to say something about a character that I kind of already got through the incredible acting of its cast that yeah. I feel like certain things didn't need to ever be said or, or told to us in a certain, in, in the way that they were. That's fair. I'm not saying that it it harms the, the viewing experience, but it's just one of those things where There were minor things that could have been touched up to keep that consistent pace going through the show.
0: Yep. Well, yeah. Do we just want to have any final um, words about Donald Glover as a creator? I mean,
1: what more can I say? Besides, he is clearly an immensely individual person within not only film and TV, but music. He is continuing to go in incredible directions. I really hope to see more of him in Star Wars if they're going in that direction because I think that's a major franchise that his in immensely good writing and um, producing abilities could go to. Yep. Um, I want to see him produce more music. I want to see where he can go in terms of comedy and taking um, new directions in terms of his filmography. Um, he is absolutely influential and should be talked about more within Hollywood and the entertainment industry as a whole. And I hope he gets more and more accolades and... Produces more and more great content like Mister and Mister Smith.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, you, and you know I absolutely agree. Um, you very much hit on a hit on a nerve there when you said he needs to release more music because yes, he does. Please, yeah, he's he another album. Um, but yeah, no, even just for his work in TV and possibly some more cinema, we might see. Um, I am keen. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I feel like with his name attached, I would definitely be more inclined to um go see a movie. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm keen to see what he does. Very influential, very much under-talked about in the the TV and cinema scene as compared to his music, perhaps. Um, and that's why I'm glad we were able to discuss him today. I think it's fantastic for for us and for listeners who may not have known um, a great deal of details about Glover. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, that's good.
1: Yeah, I, and we look forward to the community movie. Make sure he's in it.
0: Yes. He has to be in it. Oh, my Troy Barnes
1: back. We'd like to thank you for listening to this this part of the show. Um, we know this is quite, you know, two episodes this week. This is a longer episode as well, talking about Mr. Glover. But the truth is, we, we thought he was someone absolutely worth talking about. We want to do more of episodes like this, talking about the relevant filmmakers and producers, directors, anyone yeah. you know, within the entertainment industry and the incredible work they're doing in entertaining us every day. Um, and we hope to bring you more of this in the future. Um, do you have any thoughts on um, episodes like this, or have any recommendations, or people you'd like to see us engage with? We'd be very we're very keen to hear your thoughts. Again, as always, thank you very much for listening to the Clap Podcast. Please share us with anyone you know, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you very much for listening.